this is episode number 101. Ooh. Sorry, guys, you missed the big one last week. Who was on 100? Uh, that would be Dave Mordahl. Oh, that's a good one. That's real. And good. that would be Isaac Witte. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. A couple powerhouses. Damn right. So this is it. 101, No Laugh Track Podcast, Acme's official podcast. I'm Justin Severson, the host. With me today, a return guest from the very fir- from 1 to 101. Oh, was I in the was I in the very wow. first episode? Well, yeah. If you remember back, I guess I yeah. I recorded one and we had uh, audio problems. That was with Mary Mack. Oh, so yeah. So then we had one A. I was, was on one and one A. That's yeah. right. Uh huh. So anyway, welcome back to Brian Miller and Mike Luster, first timer, first buddy. First timer, new generation. That's right. Kicking off the one oh one. It's a little Lester Luster. It's my new thing. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, it's you know. Uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> no shortage of catchphrases for this guy. <laughs> I, you know, when we send this out in a tweet, Mike, there's only so many hashtags we can put behind. Oh it, so man, I'll think of some. Don't use too many catchphrases. We won't be able to get them all in there. <laughs> only, only the gold ones. So, guys, thank you for uh, showing up today, which is pretty much like top five nicest days we've had so far. Hey, no, you saved yeah. me from moving, year. so I'm happy. Yeah, yeah My wife's lugging boxes upstairs while I'm at quote-unquote yeah. work right now. <laughs> you saved me from being alone, so thank you. Thank you. It's nice to... It's nice to be with people in the afternoon. <laughs> you know, really, <clears throat> truth be told, that was the goal of this podcast, is so comedians from... I mean, you live in town, but it was so mm-hmm. comedians from out of town aren't lonely during the day. Ah. I'm just here for companionship. <laughs> These mics aren't even plugged in, are they? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're doing God's work. No, no, Justin. we're on 101. No one's ever checked whether we're recording these or not. <laughs> <laughs> no guest, at least. So thank you, guys. Super nice weather out there, and we're in the basement recording a podcast. But we all have full bellies now from eating, so it's a good thing. Mm. Uh, you guys are here. It's weird. It's also weird because I had talked to Brian about recording one is to do kind of like a uh, kind of state of the comedy scene in Minnesota and young comics and how to, you know, that type of thing. And then as it turns out, you end up getting, uh, you're working anyway. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, you were going to be a guest probably without even working. So it worked uh, out perfectly. Yeah. I, I just booked this this week, uh, like last Thursday, I think. Wednesday or Thursday. So the people who don't know, the headliner that you guys worked with last night is Nick Swartzen. Yeah. And then tonight, Wednesday, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sean Patton is yep. in town. Oh, what I will a good not week. Be here, I will not be here Friday, Saturday. Uh, I will be uh, opening, doing warm-up at Wits on Friday, and then I will be not doing anything on Saturday. This guy's going to be here yeah. all, the whole week, though. All, all week. Doing, all week. You're the host with the most all Double week, duty. Huh? Yeah, Trevor Anderson's featuring Saturday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, okay. Double duty. I'll be burying Trevor Anderson, you know, just doing my job <laughs> as the host. You know, thanks for. I didn't even say, by the way, thank you to Circle of Heat, which I always need to say at the beginning because we play his music as our theme song. Oh, I just assume they got you high. <laughs> <laughs> Does the, am I missing out on that? <laughs> Apparently you are. <laughs> hey, book Trevor for next week. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to bring, have him bring his drummer, too. Okay, fair enough. <clears throat> Maybe so, it's the drummer, I think. Yeah, it's all of them. It's They're all, all token. Right on. All musicians do drugs, right? It's not true, Mrs. Anderson. <laughs> what about She's comedians? listening. What about drug use and comedians, Mike Lester? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's subjective. I mean, some of us do, some of us don't. Subjective. I mean, some of us have to take P tests at Perkins every uh, second. Oh, I second, never second. do. That's why I took the job. <laughs> I was like, wait, you don't care. Yep. This is my environment. <laughs> this is my new dojo. Is that is that where you're... Uh, is that how you're paying the bills? That's besides? where I'm moonlighting. You're moonlighting? Saturday, Sundays. 
moonlighting. Waiting tables? Uh, no, I bus. I haven't. I haven't earned Neither. waiting yet. Bussing. Yeah, I show up a little too marijuana symbol to uh, be a waiter. I guess. <laughs> Plus, I don't want to move up. I don't want more hours there. I know, really, there, there is something to be said for that. I've worked in the uh, restaurant business when I was a young man, and yeah. it's just too much for me. I want to commit time to comedy, and I don't want to have my weekdays monopolized by Perkins. It was a good call, considering you're in comedy, to just book all your weekends up with the Perkins. Yeah, job. yeah, keep yeah. Those, keep yeah. those essential Mondays yeah. and Tuesdays ma, free ma, for ma, the big shows. I'm doing those sweet Monday through Friday gigs, <laughs> especially since as a uh, as a busser, you, your your income doesn't like there could be a hundred people eating or one person. Yeah, and you're going to make the same amount. of It's money. Perkins. It's probably one. Yeah. <laughs> They don't tip you. They do tip you up as a busser. Yeah, 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 it's pretty nice. So you get six on, you know, about eight or nine dollars from each person. It's good. A little pocket money. Damn right. A little pocket money. A little gas money. (laughs) How was the uh, How was the show here last night, fellas? I wasn't here. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. Nick Swartz, man. It was fun. Sold out, great good? crowd. Oh, yeah. People were really enthusiastic. I think the tickets sold out in like an hour and a half or yeah. something. Yeah, so. I had people hitting me up. Like, I, I remember I was napping the day that the Swartz and tickets had the pre sell. People were on mm-hmm. the uh, Acme you know, mailing list. They mm-hmm. got the pre sell announcement. And I was napping at the time. And by the time I woke up, I had four messages from people going, Dude, I missed yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Can you please? Like, I don't even bother asking. Yeah, that's yeah. been funny. <laughs> people are still asking me for comps. Me too. It's like I posted on my Facebook, it's sold out. And I'm like, No, there are no extras. Not like a, they're not like box seats or whatever you call or, or like an arena. It's not a, yeah. a, a 30,000 <laughs> corporate blocks held out or anything. Yeah, it's like, no. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they know how many tickets are sold. <laughs> how, uh, so the idea, of, uh, I want to get, uh, I want to get, give people the feeling of what's going on when the Minnesota comedy scene. No, I did. You, uh, uh, there was an article I just saw, was it yesterday? Yeah, in the Growler. Growlermag.com mm-hmm. or whatever that is. Yep. Uh, Patrick Strait. Now, I do know who he is. Mm-hmm. He did an article about uh, it was you, Brian and Andy and Cy and yep. uh, Steve Gillespie. I think that yeah yeah. What well, how long ago were you guys sitting around doing that? Like a month ago. Yeah, or near nearabouts. Yeah, but the person that wasn't included, and we can delve a little deeper into what's going on, was Mike Lester. I so was not included. You were not included. I am often not included in things. And here you are today. Here I am today. No included. More, no more Mr. Lonely. 101. No Inclusion. Mr. Lonely. <laughs> so both of you, uh, just to everybody knows, both of you still live in town. Yep. Correct. Well, obviously, you're moving from one place to another. Still in another. town. Yeah. Nine Miller, blocks west. Miller's moving on up. <laughs> I am kind of moving on up. He's we have a trading up. You have a... We have you, a second and third floor. Oh. Yeah. Mrs. Gets a Level, Miller Gets a Level. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll devolve into that soon enough. <laughs> yeah, one is will soon be called the Man Cave. No, oh, I don't do that Man Cave business. Oh, really? No, no. You I'm, have a I'm, man I'm, floor now. I have, a, I have a bit about that, but I'm, I'm not going to do the bit. But yeah, I don't know. I find the idea of a man, sad, of a man hiding in the house that he owns, like some sort of sad child. It reminds like you're reverting back to teenhood. We're like, oh, i got to go hide in my thing. What do you think's worse, basement or garage, as far as hiding man cave wise? Uh, depends on how f- if the garage is uh, heated and cooled. Depends on yeah. your temperature situation. But no, the- I watch football in the living room like a goddamn man. Yeah, the yeah, garage on the couch. <laughs> Sunday football is on the television. Uh huh. 
Actually, and you're my like, wife likes football you're like, too. Deal with but, it, wife. See, that yeah. helps. Deal you realize, with it. No. Brian, you realize, Brian, that that has a lot to do with that you don't have to escape is because you're if you want to watch football, no one's going, football every si- what is it on every day? Yeah, well, yeah, I decided to write a football joke, so I'm, I'm at work again you know, on football. It's, it's all, see? <laughs> I, I can't move. i got to watch football. That's a good excuse. All this like, work. It's for work. It is for work. I'm working. Yeah. I'm drinking work. and working. I write, I write football jokes for um, uh, a podcast and a segment they do on Bob and Tom. Really? Uh, yeah, for Stocky Economopolis. Oh. Yeah I, write, yeah, I write those with him and one other guy. Wait a minute. <clears throat> he gives you absolutely no credit whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, he gives me a shout-out. <laughs> Does he? Oh, yeah. He gives me money. <laughs> I like that. Well, then. It's work. See? Yeah. See? It's work. That is work, then. I oh, think, you do yeah. the quick hits thing with quick him. snaps, yeah, quick snap, quick hits. Yeah, so quick he, I mean, Kostaki does the lion's share of him. You know, we we work on him. Oh no, we kidding. Work on him. Yeah, he's fantastic. It's great writing jokes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I had no idea. He's been on the podcast three times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when he gets to so, you know, when he was on, I was talking to him about going to. Uh, he went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, like was hobnobbing and doing the media stuff. That's that's was my there goal. Any chance you were gonna? No, no. I mean, I would. No, no, no. I mean, I guess if I. I don't. I don't think I could even get media credentials, even if I flew down myself down. My goal is though, if we can get the podcast to be big enough, four years from now, media day in Minneapolis for the Super Bowl. Ooh! So I got it. Four years. I got to oh write some boy. good football jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you where will podcasting be in four years? Though podcasting will be more mainstream than it is now. That's yeah. what it's going to be. Unfortunately, don't get me started on that. <laughs> as someone who works in radio, don't get me started on. <laughs> That's for a whole nother show. Um, uh, it, podcast is only going to be bigger, though. But, yeah. You know, oh yeah. If anything, they'll all have video or something by then. But it'll definitely. Exist. I think people. You know, I, there will be video. There already are video podcasts, yeah, right. but more you streaming think, probably. I think there's an element though that people will always want just audio to some degree because I like I like just the audio. I like being on a plane in the airport. You know, I mean, I like that that in, that in your head intimacy, no visual thing. Mm-hmm. Go go for a run. Mm-hmm. Just got the thing on. You know, like yeah. I, I don't want to watch something all the time. Sometimes it's nice to just listen to something. I agree. Speaking of, uh, you just you just said headphones. Mm-hmm. I we're taking a little road trip on the weekend, and I uh, my daughters, you know, got to play the videos in the back seat so they don't drive us nuts. Headphones. I don't own some headphones for the girls. How are they so much more expensive now? When like, it seems like when I was young, headphones were like five bucks. Yeah, it's because no one buys them anymore. Everyone buys those earbuds now, so it's like a specialty item. Now the cheapest ones are like twenty. It's like you're trying to buy a harpsichord or something. You're basically paying a uh, you're paying an anachronism tax. <laughs> but I'm I still I don't like those earbuds. I feel like someone's shoving there. I feel like I'm getting a wet willy all the time when I wear those earbuds. I wear like over the head headphones. I look like I just jogging. I just like I Rip Van Winkle and I've just jogged out of a different decade or something. And then they have like those Dr. Dre ones that are like two hundred dollars. They cost, like, they cost like twelve dollars a unit to buy. That's Gee, I wonder how he's a millionaire. Yeah. Now you're yeah. An, you're a young man, but you must have some cool freaking headphones. Uh, yeah, I, I bought these. Uh, I I have earbuds. I kind of prefer earbuds. I don't get the wet willy sensation like Brian does. But uh, I I bought some seventy five dollar headphones. They're just they're noise deafening. So when I put them in, I can't hear anyone so it's good for like driving so i don't really have to <laughs> hear Tune out all those horns yeah and yeah the, the screams of the children as they yeah. crumple beneath <laughs> yeah didn't didn't hear a thing officer uh, not yeah. a thing like well, oh why well, I, I hit that i hit that car well i didn't hear it i felt it but i didn't hear it you should start busting at joe sensors <laughs> <laughs> you'll move right up in that place <laughs> i should wear earbuds when i bus it'd be a lot easier i don't get why i get asked questions 
It's like I'm clearing your remnants. We, we, <laughs> hey, do you ever eat food off the plates? Yeah, all the time. I would do. I would absolutely do that. But some people, a lot of people, they'll like ask for to go boxes and forget them. Oh, so I'll get like yeah. perfectly preserved food. I'm like, oh, this is a little gift. I'm like, I'm getting so many little gifts today, and everyone's like, oh my god, Mike is just a derelict. But I'm. And I wouldn't so do good. like a sandwich because they've been touching it. And they've been chicken tenders. That's but, yeah, what you got to go Chicken tenders, for. French fries, mm-hmm. anything that's like a single unit, a pan, an untouched pan. I don't do French fries. Really? Because people sweat on them. What? They sweat on them. What are you talking? Because they they're lean so over. Salty? Listen, your Perkins regular. Okay, they're going to be a little bigger. Okay, okay. and they're going to be yeah. leaning over. You know, and oh, you're either no. going to get the neck sweat no. or you're going to get the brow sweat. That's just a fact of life. But you're not worried about other items of food having sweat land on them? No, not really. Because they'll sweat on the tenders. Oh, they might. It makes them more tender. It'll make them Tenderized. saltier. Yeah. <laughs> get a little saltier. Yeah, I would eat food off the plate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, That's you, I'm sure you get diet. asked this all the time, so I apologize. But is there a wishing well at your Perkins? Do those still exist? We, we uh, no, we have uh, the closest. Does everyone thing? just wish they were at a better restaurant? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck, we're not at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> yeah, you put your hand in there. It's a coupon for IHOP. <laughs> no, we have like a Give Kids the World box where you can donate change, and that's as close as you get to wishing Aww. at Perkins. It's a make a wishing well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One time a guy stole that box. Oh, snap. He like ripped it off the counter and ran out. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty hilarious. Scumbag. So th- what do you say, wishing well? Like, they used to have like a like a little simulated wishing are you talking about that thing where you you had the little platforms that you can drop the coin on in the water and you can win and you can win a muffin or there was a it was a you know it looked like a wishing well but it was you know it you know uh there was obviously no well at the bottom and there was no bucket it was just uh, you know open and then you know little kids could walk up it was probably like three feet tall Mm -hmm. right at kids eye level and then you could stick your head in there stick your arm in and grab out a plastic sheriff badge. Oh, you didn't wow. put something in. You got no, something. It was, it, was like, it was like a, it was like a gift. Gr- yes. Gra- so was, you got like one shot at the... It was a taking ah. well. Yes. yes. It was a taking yes. well. Yeah, it was, yeah, that is a taking yeah. well. Maybe yeah, yeah. Like a, you know, tattoo, a, a temporary tattoo. Or See, now you have to buy those. Something. No more giveaways. Oh. You remember when the temporary tattoos, the whole thing was they were like, don't let your kids get temporary tattoos. It might be blotter acid. <laughs> You remember that was like a big scare. Like, oh, I remember. I, mean, I lived in the South, and so everyone in the South was like, everything is either the devil or secret drugs. Like, people in the South are convinced that like the drug dealers were just conspiring to put free drugs in all kids' shit all the time, just because they would think that's great. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you don't eat blah blah blah. There's heroin in the yada, you know, whatever. But yeah, it was, so you weren't supposed to use temporary tattoos because that's how that's how they get you, man. You put the blotter acid in, and I don't know what happens then. When you're a kid, everything's already weird. I don't even think tripping would be that big of a deal to a kid. No, and then, what's, yeah, what is that to, to, to hook a kid? in so in 15 years yeah and you also don't get addicted to yeah exactly (laughs) somebody I know actually has a bit about this come to think of it I I wish I could credit who it was it's somebody who's really funny maybe it's Tom Simmons but it's like what are you gonna this kid gonna get addicted to temporary tattoos he's just gonna be disappointed he's like this doesn't work like the first one (laughs) somebody has a great bit about that this is bullshit I can't believe you never heard of it yeah that was a when I was a kid that was that was like a big I remember because I had a He-Man tattoo and my mom was like oh no No, you know, I'll, you know, uh, the other thing that uh, pops in my head when I think of Perkins is the uh, those machines with the big stuffed animals, and then you see the videos yeah claw pop machines. Up. Yeah, then you see the videos pop up on Live Leak or whatever, where the kid is stuck in there, and the families are walking by, 
And the kid, uh, you know, is like had, had crawled into the, little, oh, the sure. opening. What? You've never seen these videos? There's I've, several I've, of them. I've never there. seen the videos, no. Yeah, you know, the big crane machine with the stuffed animals. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. a kid is there by himself, uh, loses his quarter, then just like can fit into that wow. door, climbs into it, but then the door only goes like you can push it open, but not. Push it from the yeah, inside. Like a no-kill trap. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No-kill <laughs> no kill, uh, stuffed animal crane. And the that is almost like there. a kid trap, too. It is. Just totally. a big glass box full of toys. It'd be funny if the only way to get him out, you got to bring in the best crane man around. <laughs> like, we've only got one hour. Get him a crack and he's got to get on this crane. Right. This kid could die in there. There's no oxygen. <laughs> I think we just wrote a screenplay right there. Right there you go. We call in the wolf. wolf yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> He's wearing a glove on his on his uh, crane operating <laughs> hand. He's gonna take that leather glove off. He's got the tattoo, the crane tattoo. It's like dropping down on this stuff. He does animal. the crane like Ralph oh, yeah, before shit. he does it to get in the thing. Yeah. Well, if he does the crane and then works the joystick with his foot while doing the crane. Ooh, double crane action. Ooh, hot crane on crane action. Crane squared. Like you said, this is, should go with script. Put the script together. Write this. Someone write this down. Someone in Podcastville, write this down. So uh, <clears throat> you're working at Perkins, Mike. What are you still working at? Uh, doing the writing? Yeah, I do. I do uh, writing. I, I, I always want to do that, though. That's like fun. Yeah, you know, write football jokes. I write movie reviews. You're still like, doing the movie reviews, short stories, and you know, essays and all kinds of shit. Where do your short stories appear? Uh, nowhere yet. Nowhere yet. Yeah, working on it. You're saving them. No, no, just working on it. <laughs> you just getting a portfolio together. That's what I was an English major. I wanted to be like a writer, writer. Um, that's what I was like. I wasn't going to do this. Um, and I got kind of sidetracked, and so I've kind of tried to start picking that back up. Oh, okay. Uh, now that I've got a little more free time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I want to do You can do both. It's great. Yeah. It's like a daytime thing, and you, yeah. It's good to build a portfolio. I Absolutely. mean, for when you are ready and you have someone see you that wants to see what you do, it's like, boom, now Absolutely. you got all this stuff. So, who, I, Brian, you've been doing comedy longer? Did, when, did Not a whole lot longer, though. I think like I've been in comedy six years. I'm a, yeah, I'm going on five. You're yeah, because I you were four and a half. I now. definitely had been around because Corner Bar was reopened by the time you started. Because when I first yeah. met you was that night at Corner Bar where your mom heckled, and then I yelled at your mom, and then your mom heckled you. <laughs> I, what happened? Slow down. Let's hear this. That's how I met Lester. It was hilarious. That's what I was going to ask. How did you guys meet? I liked him right away. Yeah. Um. Well, the first time Miller and I really met, um, my niece had been born. So my mom was super sleep deprived and she wanted to come to the comedy show anyway. So she comes down and she had like five Chardonnays and she just got a little lippy. I mean, she was having a great time and it was... But it was at everyone's expense. It was really bad. So I kind of had to shut her down and be ruthless. And they're like, wow, this kid's just tearing into his mom. This is awesome. And that's yeah, kind of like, got instant respect. But the best yeah. part was like... On stage you were doing this? Oh, yeah. yeah. The mom was his mom was, heck, I was pissed. Yeah, his mom was heckling. Uh, his mom was heckling the first couple of comics, and she so, heckled Gabe Noah. Yeah, and, yeah, and and, <laughs> and, oh, and Gabe because Gabe zinged her, and then I went up, and as I, I I really laid into her, and I remember like, oh, I hope this kid doesn't take it too bad. But you're in the back laughing. I was like, all right, yeah. this is good. Oh, and so man, we, we were great. all like, we're like, well, she's gonna focus when her kid goes up, right? And then Lester goes up, and she turned it up to eleven. Man, she was ripping yeah. into Lester. Man. That's not even the worst time. One time, uh. Uh, at Willie's in Coon Rapids on Easter Sunday, <laughs> my mom came out to the show, got drunk, walked through the show like in front of the MC twice. Uh, at one point, she ate a bunch of this comic's tater tots like out of nowhere. She was just munching <laughs> on those tater tots. That's so funny. <laughs> and then she fell back. Like she, she tried to sound and she fell back, hit her head on this chair. <laughs> 
And then I had to watch my own mom get bounced out of a bar in Coon Rapids on Easter Sundays. And she had one sandal on at this point. So she's wandering the parking lot with one sandal on. And the guy's like, uh, do you want to go up soon? I'm like, well, yeah, my mom's going to like wander out into traffic or something like she is out of sorts. It's a hard you, bar to get kicked out of, by the way. Oh, yeah. Did I you was, arrive there together? Yeah. Yeah, we he, did. See, she used to have to come with him because when he started, he was like 18. Or I was 17. 17, yeah. Nah. So was like, that was the only way he could get into a lot of these places. And it, well, actually, your dad was with you most My of the time. My dad was with me most of the time, and then she wanted to come a few times, but after the two times when it was uh, Yeah, because your dad looks anarchy. like a, a friendlier George R.R. R. Martin. Yeah. He looks like a, like a happier, friendlier George R.R. Oh. His, his, dad, his dad's a treat, too. My dad's a very nice dude. He's super. Well, your mom's a nice dude. I like your yeah. mom. She's, My mom is also kooky. a nice dude. But your dad's, not a, your dad, your dad's <laughs> just like all friendly, and your mom's kind of a kook, but I dig your mom. My, yeah, my, and... Uh, Even though I had to be really mean to her the first time I met yeah. her. I can gladly say both my parents are sober now, though. Oh, excellent. They're like oh, three hey. years of sobriety each, and now it's their turn to <laughs> take care really of this train wreck. really did your instant respect, because first off... He was cool with everyone. I don't know people, but when he zinged his mom back and the whole thing, people were just like, "This kid's got balls." It was like no one's seen him before, and it was because I did for like six minutes. I was like, "Okay, this is gonna be my set now." I'm yeah, just gonna tear it was in funny. It was we were like, "This is legitimately yeah. funny." Usually, you know, it takes people six months to pay attention yeah. to somebody new, but it was like, "Oh, I know who that kid is." That night wrapped up too with uh, my mom had bought flowers that night because uh, those guys used to come through Corner Bar with the oh, flowers. Yeah. And uh, she left her flowers, so my mom's just bawling in the car, drunk, screaming, Where are my flowers? Oh, like Go true, get my flowers. It sounds like True Detective Season 2. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, those flowers died. <laughs> alone? on the Alone at the bar? No. Well, no, we went and got them, but she was still uh, in her heyday of partying, so she didn't ever really water them. <laughs> And I didn't either because that explains why Lester's so skinny. There did. <laughs> he didn't get watered. For That's a, why he didn't I, get watered from most of 1998 I, I, to 2002. I, I eat at Perkins. <laughs> I'm just gonna start coming to Perkins and eating shit off the plates that you don't want. Go gonna have, I'm gonna go have dinner with you. Just I bring save. You the... I save it in a little corner. <laughs> I like, oh, like, oh, a, like oh. some sort of animal ferreting, <laughs> like a squirrel, which is like uh-huh. French fries and chicken tenders. <laughs> I no, don't just, worry. I got fries somewhere. But you just crouch down in the corner. Like, <laughs> I have a tail for some reason. <laughs> yeah, just for that. Yeah. I got a tail holding the chicken tender. Like, it yeah. If he, if he starts growing a pouch to hold things in. So this is some sort of Cronenbergian horror movie or something. <laughs> it's like the human the bu- centipede. <clears throat> except I get a pouch sewn onto me instead of... So how did you... Uh, uh, 17. How did you start doing comedy at 17? What went wrong? Uh, I, uh, um, what went wrong? Uh, I don't know. I didn't really fit in in middle school. And, uh, the only time, uh, anyone ever kind of gravitated towards me was when I'd start goofing off in class and stuff. And I've always been a fan of comedy. And I came here one Monday and saw a bunch of really talented people do it. And I was like, yeah, I got to do this. This is so close to home. So I just dove in and never looked back. And you st- you were dedicated. I mean, it's he hard. Didn't like, he didn't like do comedy once and then come back again three months later and do it again. You know, kind of ease into it. It was like ah, no, I was like seeing him everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty rare. Yeah, you know, well, most of the people who succeed in my limited experience, for the most part, I mean, everybody toes the water a little bit, but you can tell when the people like you're like, man, you're showing up th- three, four, five mics a week. Yeah. yeah, it's like all right, good. So how how often when you first started, Mike? How often were you going to? It, it was like four to five a week. It like was? my first couple of years, I go everywhere. I go to Station Four, their their mm-hmm. old open mic. I yep. do. 
I do all those weird bar open mics. Um, the only one I really didn't do was uh, Grumpy's because there was like a scheduling thing where I couldn't really get to there. And how, how many so do you think you do now? Four, almost five. I, I try to do three to four a week when yeah. I'm not gigging. Yeah. When I'm not gigging, I want to get in at least three. Yeah, I find it less than three, <clears> and I feel rusty. Like, oh, I feel that shitty. I do less than three, I'm just like I just don't. I feel weird. I just like I, I when I was gone to my niece's wedding, I didn't do shows for eight days. Yeah, and I was like, I realized I don't think I've gone eight days without doing comedy since probably the first time I did comedy. Really? And so it's just it was just like this. Yeah, it's ah, weird. I don't man. know. It's just like I was like being mean, and I was like I just need to go mean to some be mean to strangers, or I'm going to be mean to my wife. <laughs> how much like uh, <clears throat> if we looked at your calendar right now, mm-hmm. Brian? How much would you have booked for the rest of the year? Um, I'm booked pretty solid through, uh, the end of August. And then after that, it's like a week, week, a month, a week or two a month through probably November. I've still got, you know, I've still got weeks open, but I book about three, usually it seems like three months out is kind of the main. I don't worry any longer than that. How far are you traveling these days? Uh, Portland, Houston, Milwaukee. Uh, road Milwaukee. Warrior. I don't know why I say Milwaukee. That's not very that far. road warrior. That, those are, I'm doing all traveling those. to Milwaukee. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, I'm doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm headlining the joke joint in Houston uh, at the end of July. I just got back from you know, Portland and uh, Chicago. Yeah, fair amount. You know what's crazy? I got offered that <laughs> week at the end of July in Houston, so we could have taken our tour oh, to Texas. We oh, we, we yeah. should have done that if I'd have known. If yeah. I'd known. We Lester worked I, together a Lester lot. Lester and I yeah. uh, inadvertently have become a, like a traveling comedy duo, or I guess not really a traveling comedy duo, but we've done no. what, five weeks here together, probably. Oh, probably more than that at this point. We did that week of the Tangerine Room together. Mm-hmm. We're doing a week together next week. <laughs> yep, next week. <laughs> <laughs> Where's next week? Uh, uh, the mall. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll both yeah. be there. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's pretty weird. Well, actually, today I told my wife. I said, uh, "I go, hey, who do you who do you think I'm uh, working with? Who's middling next week at uh, at House of Comedy?" And uh, she goes, "Not Lester, right?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> but that's what's gonna be weird next week is that we're gonna be switching it. So um, that's right. He's gonna be doing 15 in the middle, and I'm doing 30 up top, basically. Roll reversal. Roll reversal. Uh oh. Roll reversal. Hey, I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm just. I just hope you let me open for you in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> you do laugh s- like I choke. Do some of his jokes too. Oh, I know! I do. I know a ton of Lester's oh, jokes. Oh, please! Oh man, and I, I know so many. My friend Kip Song. <laughs> <laughs> I can do. I'm sure you could do. I've worked with you plenty. I know a lot of your jokes. World's saddest petting zoo. <laughs> <laughs> one time, one of the most hilarious an st- extra murder. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite pranks ever was one time Nate Abshire and Sai uh, Amundsen were stood right behind the curtain while I was up here, and it was a really full show. It was like 250 people. And they just whispered my punchlines right before I said them for like five minutes. No. <laughs> it's really weird how much that throws you off. But oh, they would yeah. just whisper it exactly like, oh, God, I don't know what it was. But it, it, it had me in a weird spa- space for You're a while. You're in that rhythm, man. It's so easy to It was very off. funny. And I was going to turn around and be like, shut up. <laughs> That's so funny. Did you have any idea what you were going to, what uh, What did you base, What like how did you come up with comedy when you first, when you were 17, I, I, I what were you joking about? I had nothing to say, just mostly masturbation, and I did some current event stuff, and then, you know, eventually you do it long enough, I'd say you get, you, you realize what what's important to say, like yeah. what you should be saying and talking about, so now I keep it more personal, and. I keep it mainly personal now. I don't do many many pop culture jokes anymore. Now that is, like you know, I, you know, as someone me who's never attempted to do stand up, strictly a fan, you know, and uh, 
But I always, I often hear that, you know, like when comedians talk about, oh, you know, what you really need to do is get your voice, and your mm-hmm. voice is what, you know, what people can see that it's personal to you, and it's not. So you've. Yeah, I had nothing to say in my first couple of years. Like, they're... Well, you're so young. I mean, yeah, I mean, talk about homework. Yeah, at that <laughs> age, you have nothing to say. I mean, I talked about angst and dating, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but you know, you did what I think most guys, especially I don't know what it is, but usually young white guys. And I did the same thing for the first six months. You're kind of shock focused because you're just like, yeah. oh man, I can get a huge reaction. It's like, yeah, I think when you first get the mic, there's that that temptation. You just kind of like vent all this stuff, mm-hmm. just to, and then after a while, you go, okay, well, I, I can keep doing that, but you know, you kind of get the. Yeah, then you then you start realizing it's like, well, this is you know it's getting laughs, but what's going to get me booked? Like, you want to be clean enough and unique enough to where you can get booked anywhere. When you, just, I think you just write it out of your system a little oh, yeah, too. You're yeah. like, okay, I've written a bunch of jerking off jokes. I guess yeah. I'll write about going to the bank. And you go, yeah. hey, you know what? I kind of like this going to the bank joke yeah. better or something. Yeah, I, I certainly the first six months I was filthy. Yeah, it's it's tough. I think a lot of comics start off that way, no matter what. Uh, yeah, no matter what. I mean, you just you're just going for laughs. Do you remember people like not Brian specifically, but like, you know, people that were around already maybe giving you advice or were people Is it a welcoming uh, People were very nice. Once they see that you're committed and you're going to come back around like the first couple months, no, because nope. you know, you got to see is this kid going to come back or is he going to, you know, come once a week or is he only going to try to get on at Acme? But once people saw I was committed and that I wanted to go anywhere, just get stage time and get better, they started giving me good advice. Yeah. yeah. The exact same thing yeah. when I started, you know, the year yeah. before. I, I think it's, yeah. I would like to think it's the same way now. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's fair too because, I mean, why, why waste your wisdom on someone who's going to quit in a month? Yeah. Just wait it out, see if they can. Survive the deep end, and huh? also I've t- I've told this to new people before. Sometimes I'm like, oh, did you, uh, did you, did you watch my set? You know, and, I, and I'm like, ah, oh, no, you know. Yeah. And I, but the thing is, it, it it's not because I'm trying to be a jerk. It's that the first two or three months, you're not doing what you're going to be doing. Probably. No, you're going to be really, really different. And sometimes if you, I've had an experience where like I, I'll think of a guy a certain way, and I'll realize, oh, he's not that way at all. I just saw him three times when he first started, yeah. and then I go, oh, I'm, I'm done with this. It's like you're just not going to sound like that. So let him, you know, I said, get it out of your system. You know, it'll be six months before you even start sounding. What's like. what percentage of people that you know, let's say you've not, you don't recognize them from anyone else? Maybe it's the first time that they've shown up for an open mic. Mm-hmm. How often does someone like that come up to? You, you know, some like someone like you or Harmston or something like that, be like, hey, so like what you said? Did you watch my set? What did you you guys have any advice? Uh, Not as much the watch my set thing, but I mean that happens every now and then. But probably probably every Monday, somebody asks for advice. A lot of comedy fans are people who would have at least an impulse to try comedy. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't want to like be a traveling comic, but I think a lot of people, but you know, they like it and they fancy themselves. I I certainly was the same way. It comes up a lot in conversation. Yeah. Have you ever fed anybody a line of BS just to no. <laughs> blow them off? No, I don't think so. I mean, I because mean, if you really want to, you can really blow somebody off and give them the best possible advice in one sentence, which is, we'll just keep doing it a lot and don't stop yeah. doing it. Right, anyone, get on stage. Did anyone give you guys bad advice? Oh, yeah. Give me some oh, examples. Oh, man, I got. I probably got the best one. So, so uh, my first real paid gig... I guess you could call it a real pay gig. Was I? I hosted at uh, Rum Runners in no, State Cloud. No, I remember Rum Runners. Do you remember Perrin? Yeah, I remember pa- Perrin. Perrin told me to quit. He's like, "This isn't for you. What? It, it's a lonely lifestyle." You were funnier than Perrin when it, I saw exactly, you the first time. Exactly. Exactly. 
it was it was insane and that kind of stuck with me for a while but then i thought like what is perrin doing let's see he's making fake james bond movies and he does the same 10 every weekend at the same place so once i realized that he was not the person to really take advice from i guess not i let go of that but that was weird just having him like yeah you should probably quit i mean you're not gonna make any money i know and then the guy that used to run a mini haha that is now Dangerfields told me I was too blue to ever work anywhere. Exactly. Which back which back then I was, but you gotta give me time to like, you yeah. know, evolve and work at it and write better material. You're and never gonna throw a curveball, kid. <laughs> give it up. You'll never be a server here, kid. <laughs> what I like it it's Grab those <laughs> plates. You think you can bust with the best of them? You think you can bust with chicken tenders in your mouth? <laughs> Get your head on straight. And get that kid out of the fucking machine before he dies. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I always think Here's it's your funny. own quarters, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I always think it's funny when people like, like, like I said, the guy who runs, who ran Dangerfields or whatever, he's yeah, a restaurant fuck, manager. Fuck he doesn't that, know anything dude. about, I mean, if the Can manager here at Can we cuss on Agme, this? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, the managers cool. here at Agamemnon, first off, they don't give you unsolicited advice, but if they did, it would be good advice because they, yeah. they work at a professional comedy club and they've seen a ton of great comics. Mm-hmm. The Dangerfields guy has had an open mic in his basement for like a week and a half and he's like, let me tell you how to get into Showbiz Kid. Yeah. Like, you have no idea. It is what are you gimmick talking about? is the pilot comic. Remember that? Oh, Ornstein told you that? Yeah. That was Ornstein? Yeah, it was Ornstein. <sighs> that guy was such a twat. Ugh, man. I always, uh, I, I always hate it when somebody is the blank comic. I you know. know? And like, like they just drop in like a profession or whatever. It's like, why don't you just be the comic? Yeah. Be the Brian Miller comic. So I'm open for the construction worker at comedy. <laughs> He's building laughs on stage or whatever. And you're like, it always fucking sucks. Have you heard of the disgruntled clown? No, I've seen that. I've worked with him. What is this? I got to open for him. He's a crazy clown that kind of dresses like a member from Kiss. That's uh, I, I think he can't work in the southern states anymore because okay. of his drug problem. And he is like. Like the biggest, most hilarious train wreck I've ever seen. He like brings his own props. He brings these gigantic wooden blocks with him to the show, and he brings this huge teddy bear that he never touches. And he's like, "Don't touch my bear." That's what he kept telling me. I was like, "Is he telling? Is he telling me this to be funny, or is he like broken? <laughs> like I assume he is, because I assume he's mentally broken." Uh-huh. Do you yeah. think? Do you think he became the disgruntled clown because that was sort of his his like real life persona or do you think it was a character that the the life eventually here's my yeah here's my theory the the state took his kids away so he had a lot of extra free time so he became a clown (laughs) with his myspace url on the back of his truck still oh you're telling me there's a lot of uh there's a lot of a little, little tiny mimes in foster homes (laughs) all over the sound they're a little mini disgruntled clowns (laughs) fatherless clowns he hasn't changed this kid's grease paint in four days what kind of father are you <laughs> he can't even juggle yet it's dripping everywhere oh my god have you guys ever uh have you guys ever thought that there are too many comedians oh yeah, yeah. There are, no there are, right now there are too many comedians i don't mean in minneapolis i mean in the country there are too really? many comedians supply and demand is all out of whack yeah yeah I mean, yeah, I mean, just there's a lot of people who want to get into it and feel like, and they can get into it, you know, because of the internet and podcasting, you know, people can listen, kind of get to learn on how, learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I say that, I, I guess if I was, I'd have to have been around 10 years ago to know, or, you know, a little more time, but yeah, it just does seem like the supply and demand uh, is, is definitely out of order. Are you counting like open micers too? Yeah, just kinda. everyone, the whole spectrum? Because yeah. I'm not, I don't get too worried about that because. Well, I'm not worried about it. I just mean, just in terms of, 
it's just out of whack. And yeah. it is also why a lot of gigs don't pay better is because there's so many there's so many people who are okay who are willing to do it because they just want to do it that you'll get a gig that's like a terrible, you know, hey, drive nine hours for $100, yeah. no hotel. And you'd go like, no. And so what they do, they'll find somebody to do it. Yeah. Otherwise, they would either have to cancel the gig or give you a hotel in 150 or <laughs> still not a great deal, but whatever, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know what, I mean it, it keeps the... It doesn't. It, it does keep the the money down. Now this is at lower level gigs. I mean, it's not like it doesn't really affect it. A it, big, a big, really big, good club. It's just going to be however many good comics there are. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. It makes uh, it makes getting out of town gigs tougher too because they, yes. there's always a local community now. Anywhere yes. you want to go with a good club, they're like, well, we'll just hire a local feature and we don't have to give him a hotel and we can pay him less. And we say that as guys who are the local feature in MC yeah. right, right, clubs. Right. I mean, it's yeah. the same. I mean, we're yeah. I mean, we're you know I mean, we're, we're part of the that problem, I guess, is yeah. anything, but. I mean, I don't think there's too many really great comics, but I do think there's a lot of comics. Yeah. No, I will say that when I thought of asking that, what I did ha- kind of have in mind, like showing up for an open mic and like, who the fuck are all these people? Like, but it's wh- also cool too. I mean, you know, not all these people want to be full time comics. And yeah. I don't know. It's it's good that there's that interest. Yeah. Um, how how often do you think that people? Uh, Show up and then never do it again. Do it once. Oh, a lot. So many times. Oh yeah, I bet. I mean, you know, you know, I mean, um, uh, Derek could tell you probably, you know, because they, you know, they keep track oh, of puts yeah, the stars by the name. The I mean, I mean, I don't, I'm sure they don't run the numbers, but if he went back and, and saw, looked and see how many people have been just up once, oh, it's, even just here, I bet it's at least what ten a month. Probably, and a lot of times they'll show up their first time and they'll get on, and then they show up the second time and they don't get on. And they're like, "Well, screw this." Why yeah. should I waste my time doing this? And then they'll just never show up again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They got to be persistent. I think some oh, people yeah. just want to try it once. Too. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who try it, and there's not like they're like, maybe I'll do this for a living. I think they just they're like, yeah, I want to try it, and that's cool. I, yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I respect that. Yeah. It's fine. I've always been a little baffled by hobby comics who kind of do comedy sometimes, and they're like, you know, they feature yeah. or even headline, and I just like. I don't know. It is fun, but like I just—it seems like a really hard thing to do half speed. Now, when you say yeah. hobby comic, you know, I don't know exactly what you mean to be honest. They like Let me build just tell model you. airplanes on stage. <laughs> oh, well, then I'm totally into they that. They knit. Yeah, a lot, sounds, a lot of Pinterest jokes. A lot of Pinterest jokes. <laughs> well, that sounds awesome, then. I'm in. Uh, <laughs> I'm what that what that uh, translates in my head is mm-hmm. someone who always does the same material. I mean, that's they, a problem too. No, but is that accurate? They, we can talk about that. But a hobby that's comic probably would, for the mo- kind of do that, but not necessarily. I mean, the, the hobby comic would just be a guy who doesn't really. They just do it for fun. They like to hang out with other comedians, and you know, they like the the vibe, the social thing, you know. Um, and so they do that. They don't really ever intend to try to get work, and so they're not. You know, they'll just they're just out there to have fun. Yeah. And uh, but to me, I, I, I get it because it is fun. But I also don't get it because, I, like I said, I feel like comedy for me to do at half speed would just be unpleasant. Uh, yeah, I only got one gear with comedy now. It's like you get passionate enough about it, you can't you can't half half ass it. Like what you said earlier, it's like you if you do less than three mics in one week when you're not working, you feel rusty. It's like you got to keep doing it. You're just in. You're just in it. Like once you're in it, you're either you either get out of it completely, or you you get a little lazy, and then you feel weird, and it's just you have to go full tilt. I think. Also, you're probably not going to get a whole lot better as a hobby comic. I mean, no. I'm just, because just because you're not doing it as much, yeah. and um, that's one of those things where like, well, the, the thought of the fact that like, okay, hopefully I'll, you just keep getting better, and you, your worst days are always behind you, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's. 
kind of part of what keeps you going. But it's like, I feel like if you're just a guy who did it every now and then, you're like, well, this is what it's going to be like. This yeah. is it. This is yeah. my level. Now, let's talk about uh, people doing the same material all the time. How, for both of you, how how comfortable are you with, you know, like, do you have a, like, I, I, can't, I can't tell this joke one more time. Well, Different. I was just complaining to Lester last night. We were night, complaining half of my, half to each other yesterday, yeah. It's, it's tough. I mean, I see open mics are there for new material, in my opinion. Oh, Like, yeah. you got to do, for me, I try to do at least three new things when I do an open mic. And maybe throw in, you know, like a closer or something. So, yeah. you know, it's not a complete train wreck. But you got to, I mean, you got to bang it out. Like, that's the only way you get better. I used to be really afraid of trying new stuff. But I think that's just one of the first of many hurdles you got to get over as a new comic. Yeah. It's more yeah. fun. I mean, it is you, great, you go up man. To an open mic and do like your regular five. It would like your opening five. It would just be boring. Yeah, and if it, it's it? so rewarding too. Like when you take that brand new thing and you try it on stage and you riff with it a little and it works and it's like, wow, this is getting a good response. And, and so like, I, I don't know why Nate Abshire doesn't do it more. Yeah. You know, because it's so fun. Yeah. I gotta make sure I'm working on all these I gotta guys. Burn, uh, Nate Abshire, Earl Elliott. Uh, I gotta burn uh, Nate Abshire everywhere. Every <laughs> <laughs> That's that's nice. Someday he he hasn't been on the show yet. Someday he'll get his opportunity. Wow, a lot of bookers have said that to him. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you just have a set list of Nate Abshire burns ready. I honestly think I would be a much more successful comedian if I could if everyone knew Nate Abshire and I could do five on him every night. I honestly think I I could get that five on TV. It's really my niche is just making fun of Nate. Make him famous, then you can be right. (laughs) Oh, I'm never gonna be famous then. (laughs) It's just. Speaking of that, uh, are you guys watching your friends on Last Comic Standing this yeah. season? Speak of the Devil, uh, Old Abshire should be on there in a week or two. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. pal Emily Galati, who's one of my favorite people on the whole planet, she uh, moved on to the semis. I fucking loved your tweet to her about uh, she's getting out because I, I she was fantastic. Uh, oh, the, oh, the hate mail she got from the Arizona yes, thing all about hate- building the fence around the tweeters or whatever. Yes, yeah, yes. I couldn't believe. Well, I'm not surprised, but she was delighted that people were mad. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, that's dude. You have arrived when people hate tweet you. Yeah. yeah. Hate mail. I mean, it's not like she got a lot of it, but yeah. like it's like oh, you know, well, you know, x number of million people watched, and yeah, yeah she's getting here. a reaction. That's it's good. great. It's perfect. People yeah. are going out of their way to insult you. That's the best feeling in the world to the, me. The best part, actually, somebody said like somebody called her like a loser or whatever in their tweet. You know, they're all mad, and so she tweeted back. She's like. Say what you want. Say loser all you want, but I'm doing a paid show right now, and you're home tweeting hate mail to strangers. Yes. And then he tweets <laughs> back, fair point. Ah, I was like, all right. I, she, oh, he replied? Yeah. I, li- awesome. I, was like, I like that he acknowledged that she yeah. totally won that one. Uh-huh. She's earning respect yeah. from the Twitterverse. Yeah, she did great. She did great. I so love- many people are doing great on there. Hey, Tracy Ashley. Oh, yeah. She knocked it out of the park, and she was trending. She was trending. Yes. I, and last great. week we talked a bit about it, and heard I... As soon as we walked out of here, I was like, fuck, I never even brought her name up because she was on the first episode. This yeah, season. she was one so of the first Let me say now, congrats, Tracy. That was, yeah. you were, we're all very proud. Yeah. Hope she goes far in that show. Yeah. It, it helps. I hope it only helps everybody that's on that show. But I guess I'm glad that that show's back. I like having uh, comedy on, uh, on prime time. I kind of like the new format, too. I it, like that it's more honest. I yeah. mean, it's like, look, we got 100 people who are already pro. 
Mm-hmm. And now we're gonna. I mean, the whole thing with like the. I understand the, the appeal of like the the lo- waiting in line and everybody's trying it, but the reality is that nobody had almost nobody had never really done comedy and then waited in line and was great, right? You know. Yeah. So th- this way, there's not that. There's no negative really element to it for the most part. It's just like, oh, these people are all funny. We'll find the funniest of them. Yeah, right? and now I appreciate that. Like, there, it's like you got a hundred road warriors, so you really have to raise your game because everyone's like they've been there, they've done that. So like once you get there, everyone's trying their best. Like right out of the gate, so there's no there's no fucking around. That's what I like about it. Because because what, what was kind of tedious for me was the old seasons when you would have all those long lines. Like, well, you gotta get through all these fucking people, and it's it's just it was too long for me. When it invited that much. kind of Simon Cowell style, like let's watch this train wreck. And yeah. I, I don't. I just don't. I've never liked that. I don't like anything. That. I don't. I don't see what's the point of humiliating exploitation. I don't like that stuff. on TV. Yeah. And so, like, there's no. Yeah, there's no humiliation element yeah. here. It's like yeah. the implication is that everyone's yeah. already good. Everyone's already. There good. was a previous season I know where they did a thing where they had them all go, you know, like in the confession booth. Yeah, and they had to say who they were funnier than. Do you remember that? Here's the answer: Everyone, every comic thinks they're the funniest person in the room all That's, the time. That a confession booth is there anything more redundant than a confession booth for a stand-up comic? It's like, oh, I, last I checked, you stood on stage and just said the exact same shit to <laughs> 300 people. Oh, but go in this little phone booth; it's gonna make a huge difference. Yeah. Wasn't that for the finals too? It's like how they would pick the two people to battle it out and see who got eliminated. Sort of, you know, like if, God, if, that's messed if the up. The answers matched up. You know, like if a certain amount of people said they were funnier than one person, and that person that's was weird. eliminated or some ridiculous. I'd never seen. I'd never yeah. seen the show until this year. You so. already got a bad psyche, and then if you win the elimination thing, you come back and you're like, "Well, all these people think they're funnier than me." So <laughs> now it's like I got to live with you. Yeah, th- for I remember eight they, more weeks. they sent all the comics in. Say you have need to say I'm funnier than. And then put one of your co-stars' names in the blank. I would just say everyone, <laughs> everyone. all the time. <laughs> I remember getting. That's what at everyone that. thinks. It really. I mean, I don't actually think that, but but for the most part, you have to. You have. You, yeah. I mean, I. I you kind of have to. Yeah, but, but when you do a festival, you know, and then there's like a contest element. And there's 15 people in the back of the room. Even though you're looking around, going, "Oh, like, oh, there's Lisa. And she's really good. And there's John, and he's really good." And, um, I'm actually narrating people. I was <laughs> anyway. Uh, but uh, you're. I mean, you're, you're thinking like they're, they're all really good, but uh, I'll beat them. I mean, if you don't, and all fifteen people have to think that. Or you, what are you, you doing? You have there? to. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. It's like you I mean, have to go there to win. If you were there with Bill Burr or something. Yeah. You might not be quite so confident, but you know. <laughs> I brought a book along. Mm. I'm going to read to you guys. No, our bodies, ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to teach Lester sex ed. <laughs> chicken soup for the bus boys. Yeah, chicken, chicken you... tenders for the bus boys. <laughs> <laughs> Your parents called. They wanted us to have this talk with you. Oh, are you ready? Are they dead? <laughs> Not that talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's their will. That's the, really ta- that's the talk I'm waiting for. When someone breaks the news, I'm like, both of them, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I brought along this book here. Uh, the book is called And Here's the Kicker. Oh, I've read that. That's a great book. It is a great book. Yeah. I really like it. And I was just going to say, I bet you've read this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, then, so th- this, is, this is part of the, something that stood out to me. I want to get your, your guys' opinion on this. This is the, uh, the chapter. This book is, they, you know, they, they talk to um, comedy writers, kind of their mm-hmm. history, and uh, the, you know, just gives their stories. This one is about, uh, that was his name, Paul F- 
Feig. Paul Feig, who's amazing. Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and, and his Geeks books, guy. His Super Stud and Kick Me are two of the funniest books I've ever read. Okay, I haven't, so that's a good... Those uh, books are fantastic. Especially Kick Me is fantastic. Yes, I've heard. Now, I'm going to get to those for sure. But uh, So he writes in here about comedy writers. I'm just going to read it to you and get your guys' thoughts. It says, I think a lot of comedy writers are ashamed of their younger selves. I think that's why a lot of... <laughs> we already have reaction here. <laughs> I think that's why a lot of those people go into humor in the first place. The only thing you have to hide and behind is comedy. I'll keep going here. There's a lot of anger there, too. I did stand-up, he says, for two years, and a good number of comics I met were extremely angry people. They were not pleasant. That's actually one of the things that drove me out of stand-up. I didn't like going on the road because you never know if you're going to get stuck with a head case or not. Yeah, I agree with all that. Yeah. <laughs> agree with all that? That's yeah. accurate. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty accurate. Completely, huh? I mean, I think sometimes people over... There's some. There's a lot of comics who are really sweet people, and there's a lot of people who do it because like they're like. Pete Holmes does comedy because Pete Holmes, his, mom, his parents told him he was the best that there ever was, and 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 Pete think and he's just a sunny guy who's got lots of confidence, and he's he's amazing too. Yeah. But he'll tell you he's like, no, I really think I'm funny. He's like, I'm I'm gonna do great, you know. He's all, but there's no. There's, I mean, I'm sure he's got some neuroses, but there's not a ton of angst there, you know. When I worked with him, it was just more of like. I don't know. He, he doesn't worry that he's not good enough, or he's like, no, I'm funny. I, I do this because I like it, and I'm a positive person. Yeah. So it's really fun to be around Pete for that reason. Um, and there's a lot. There are people like a lot of people like that. Honestly, but. I I will I, <laughs> I will say that there when I when I uh, get that from someone from one of the guests here, like mm-hmm. where I if I've assumed that they're you know. They're just another weirdo comic, which I, you know, I love whatever, whatever were in people's history, whatever made them who they are. Mm. You know, I, you know, there's nothing bad about anything. It is what it is. But uh, when I'm sitting here talking to someone and then if things are about to go, how do I say this? Going to like a mean spirited way. Mm -hmm. And then the guest here will be like, oh, no, no, I'm not like that at all. Like people are just like. Some of the biggest hearted people have sat across from me on the stage doing this podcast. And I'm just. Oh, yeah. I think anxiety. I'm amazed yeah. at how big people's hearts, some of these comics' hearts are. Yeah, Kevin Bozeman kind of, I mean, I don't say famously because he doesn't make, make a big deal about it, but I think it's Bozeman wherever he goes. He always just like finds a homeless yeah. guy and gives him a meal and gets some clothes and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people who do a lot of. Yeah. Tommy Thompson, um, he, he always hassles everybody to save all their little hotel soaps and he mails them over to Africa to these like developing countries where they don't have enough soap and all. I mean, there's a lot. Wow, of, I didn't know that. That's, that's yeah, awesome. There's, so people, I mean, I, I think the thing that, that a lot of comics have in common is anxiety. I think that's just like a really modern, common condition, for one thing. But yeah. if I had to name the one sort of malady that seems to be on most people is that they're anxious. Yeah. So it's not necessarily I'm angry. in that group. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not necessarily angry. So, you know, but just like like Tim Harmson is an anxious guy, but he's also like one of the most positive human beings I've ever met. Yeah. So his, his, Super his, sweet. his anxiousness is just like internalized. It's okay. not like he's – I've literally never seen him be mean to anyone. I don't think he can be. Yeah. Unless maybe they're playing the Packers. <laughs> Well, well, comedy's a a good thing too to get that angst out. You get yeah. on stage, you vent a little. You know, I always feel a little better once I get off stage because you know I got something out, and I just I release some of that anxiety instead of internalizing mm-hmm. it because that's what I used to do a lot. But you know, with comedy, you can just it's it's very therapeutic in a sense that you can you know let loose once in a while. Have people close to you, like mom and dad or anybody, do they notice a change when you started getting up on stage? Um, you have any idea? Uh, 
not not really. Has anyone said you're an asshole now, or you're just no, so I've much happier I've always now. been an asshole, kind of. Uh, you're, you're just more confident. I'm more confident. I'm I'm better in social situations. I used to have really bad social anxiety disorder, and that's, there you go. that's pretty much gone now. Thanks awesome. to comedy, mm-hmm. I can talk to anyone. Yeah. And it's easier to make friends. So comedy has helped me a lot, man. Yeah. I wouldn't say I hi- I wouldn't say I hide behind comedy. Comedy is more of like emancipated me as a person, kind of. I like that. Yeah, I, yeah it fe- it feels good. I feel really good with being a comedian, and I love what I do. And yeah, I don't I don't hide behind anything. That's kind of part. Yeah, that's what, kind I, of part I, I of my never... stage act too. Is like I don't hide behind anything. Yeah, I'll... we're both real um... front street. We put it all on front street. <laughs> we we kind of do. I mean, I don't really. I kind of just talk. I don't really. I don't have a lot of like secrets. I don't know. I'm not really. I'm not beholden to anybody. I, yeah, I got nothing to hide. So man. it's like yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I don't. Yeah, so I don't. I I I do hide behind comedy only in uh, awkward social situations. Like, yeah. Then it's like, then it's just like, well, I'm just gonna keep joking until you go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna vaguely insult you until <laughs> yeah. you take the hint. That's, hey, that's you awesome. mouth breathing dullard. My wife got mad at me yesterday because uh, <laughs> we were at the our our house got foreclosed on because the landlord we we're renting and the landlord didn't pay the bank and um, so some guy the guys from the bank have been showing up trying to intimidate us. But like, well, it's not my problem to get you out. Yeah. So some guy from the bank shows up, and we're moving in the process of it. And some guy from the bank shows up, and and uh, and I go, uh, oh, there's a guy from the bank. I'm gonna go tell him to fuck off. And my wife goes, no, 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 just he's gonna go away. Just don't answer the door. And I go, but I, I want to tell someone to fuck off. <laughs> and she, she's like, I gotta me. warm up. She literally made me stay upstairs. She's like, no, don't go into a confrontation just for fun. I'm like, <laughs> all right. But he's from the bank. He deserves it. You're like an unruly dog. She kept you upstairs <laughs> she did, so you wouldn't she did. snap it. Yeah, yeah. Put that leash on. I really, I really enjoy con- con- like confrontations and social situations. Yeah, and those are, those are the best. I really enjoy it. I mean, not like if it was if, if someone deserves it. If someone's being a dick, my shrink. I was this whole thing. I was talking to my shrink, and I was telling her about it, and she's uh, she's like, I'm like, well, I just if I see somebody being mean to somebody who's helpless or or not helpless, but you know. Whatever, someone's trying to be polite and someone's trying to roll over him. Like, yeah. I love letting loose on that that person yeah. and being like, "Oh, a bigger dick is here." Gotta put um, a cap on it. So I was telling my shrink about this, and she's like, "No, you no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that." And 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 she goes, "It's like you think you're some sort of social avenger." And I was like, "Yes, yes, oh, I'm the social man. avenger." That's your comedy album yeah. right there. And it's like, and so she's and she was so upset because you could tell right away she's like, "No, I didn't mean this to focus your energy." And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> the social avenger, I a social goal avenger, now. yeah, a goal and a title." My uh, one of my my best friends, uh, Chris Reimer, is a very funny guy, and he uh, I was telling him about it, and he has a similar thing, and he goes, "Can I be your sidekick?" So he's he's the courtesy kid. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh so we're just gonna drive around in the Mirthmobile just. Right the wrong. Mirth Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I really wish I told that guy at the bank to fuck off, though. I'm really. No, man. It's good. It's good to like put a lid on it and let people know you're not going to let them walk over you because you know it's it's good. That's we're a both, good way we're to both conduct skinny, your life. Skinny guys who you know had to watch their ass when they were younger. I'll so fuck it's... someone up if they get in my face. <laughs> Seven now. minute workout, man. Oh, watch man. oh, that wall sit. I'll sit on your wall. Now, Brian's a married guy, so this question doesn't go for you, but uh, how were the, uh, has being a Oh, if it weren't for comedy, I wouldn't get anything. (laughs) Like, honest to God. It's more Tang than Neil Armstrong, that's all I'll say. It it would be tough. I mean, I I do pretty all right, especially (laughs) thanks to this place. 
I do really like that's one of them right now texting me. Oh, <laughs> they're calling me actually. Oh, his his phone is actually ringing right My now. My phone is ringing. Yeah. Do you want me to Can turn it off? Can you see the name on it? Can you see? Is there a girl's it, name coming up, it's Brian? Turned over. Oh, I don't know. I didn't see it. Oh. I'm sure. Oh, no, no, no. It's turned over. I, I was actually talking to some, she. She had me on Facebook too. Oh yeah. Yeah. The oh lady yeah. From yeah. Last the night. one with the oh. boyfriend. Yeah, she's gonna yeah, have the boyfriend. The boyfriend, the martini tattoo, and I'm like, oh my, oh, you're a whole different kind of, oh yeah. And she worked at Applebee's, so you could really, you know, yeah. Perkins to Applebee's, you know, Hello. she's really, she's really yeah. slumming. Yeah. <laughs> Pancakes Maybe. to bar and grill, man. <laughs> pretty soon you be, <laughs> pretty soon you be fucking a girl from Chili's, and the sky's the limit. I'll make my way through all the restaurants. <laughs> I really want a golden corral lady, you know, one that really she's. I went down on a girl from the outback. It was the greatest experience of my life. She tastes like you know what a fries one. Cost there. She tasted like a one and gristle. <laughs> you'll be you'll work your way past chain restaurants into. Uh, oh yeah, well you don't want a fucking pop. mom and pop shop. That's weird. <laughs> Only if pops just filming, I guess. That's right. No, but it's great, man, and and they're usually fans of comedy, so right away you have something to talk about and jump off, and you know they see you up on stage peacocking, so they already know you got confidence, so they kind of right, get past right. that. Uh-huh. They kind of get that a feel like for a man it. who takes a chicken tender when he wants it. Oh yeah, damn yeah, right. That looks like a guy that lives with his mom. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some of that. So do you make them take them back? You uh, you have them take you back to their place. Oh, we just bang anywhere. <laughs> bang anywhere. I almost uh I almost took this chick for you were here uh like close to bar close Monday. Mm-hmm. I almost took this chick from her boyfriend. Ooh. Cuz uh she like um like he started talking to Tommy Ryman and completely ignoring her. Like was he, he was he going to take Tommy Ryman for Megan? Yeah, I, I I mean, I don't know. Tommy was a little surly, but uh <laughs> But no, he had been avoiding her, so I talked to her for like 20 minutes, and it it kind of got hot and heavy. Like, I was joking. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go back to your place with you and fuck you. I don't care. <laughs> you, you staged a coup. I, I did. And uh, through her government. She had me on Facebook, too. Boom. Jeez. You know what? Here's what I get, though. I get a lot of uh, guys who look like me or slightly worse being like, yeah, I, I feel similar, man. I, yeah, you're totally right, man. You're, you're the best. I don't know why people don't laugh harder, man. I think you're really funny. And I was like, oh, great. Nervous worse me really likes me. <laughs> do you, re- do you, uh, do you click yes on their friend requests? I, I, I've, I've never, the only person I've ever not uh, accepted on Facebook as a friend is my mom. Yeah. It's the only person. Ditto. But she, only because I told her in advance, we're no friend, no family on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my, even, no. yeah, yeah I, I, don't need, I don't need that kind of hassle. No. No, I'm not friends with my mom on there, my sister. I don't even think my dad has one. No, 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 no. And my dad's not on Facebook, so it doesn't I want to talk a little sports with you guys before Ooh, we wrap things sure. up here. Did you see what happened uh, this week? The Twins were in Milwaukee playing the Brewers. No. And before the eighth inning yesterday, you know, in left field at Miller Park, they have a Fridays. You just brought up app. Maybe you could. I was going to say, mm. Lester's probably sleeping with one of the wait staff. Mm. They may have a stage there. You could, <laughs> you nice. could do 15 minutes and then <laughs> clear the table. Do my Perkins 12. and <laughs> Unlike the Twins, I have a closer. <laughs> Boom. Oh, shit. Uh, that's and good. I don't even watch base. No. Um <laughs> Yesterday before the eighth inning, so they have this Fridays in the uh, left field corner. Someone eating at Fridays fell over the edge and landed in the bullpen. Maybe they, they just killed themselves because they realized they were eating at Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> they had that nice mozzarella stick afterburn from Fridays. So the man fell the from the concourse near Fridays, uh, fifteen feet, and some of the. You have another girl. 
calling here. Did he get hurt? 15 feet's not that far. No, he, uh, he was conscious, and they had to pull him out of there. I mean, he was probably the only person conscious in a Milwaukee or a Wisconsin sporting stadium. <laughs> like, how, can he count? No? Good. He's from Wisconsin. He's fine. Send him on his way. <laughs> I, um, so I want to mention that one, to, that one to you guys. Also, today, today, June 4th, uh-huh. yes, June 4th, is the 40-year anniversary of something that happened in baseball in Cleveland. Oh, is it the greatest baseball story of all time where the guy took acid? No, oh, that's no, the, but that's, that is that that's, is that's, that's the greatest story in all of sports. That's the like, triumph of the human spirit. Someone should uh, make a movie. Yeah, about that. Uh, what it was a pitcher, a yep. bl- black pitcher. Yep. whose name I can't, I can't remember his name, but it's the greatest story. I love my favorite part of the quote. When he, if you, the short version is the this dude wakes up and he's like, yeah, I think I'm gonna do some acid. It's like three in the afternoon. <laughs> Drops a tap of acid and he gets a phone call and they're like, where are you? You're starting today. He just he thought it was Tuesday and it was Wednesday or whatever. Oh man! And so he went to the and he pitched the entire game. And he pitched a, he pitched a, it was either a perfect game or a no hitter. On acid, yeah. And he said, "Sometimes the ball felt like a giant bowling ball in my tiny hand, but sometimes it felt like a little golf ball." You <laughs> throw a no hitter. Oh, what? God, oh man, that is incredible. So, forty years ago today in Cleveland, they had ten cent beer night. Oh, yeah, that went about as well as it. Yeah, nineteen seventy four. They had ten cent beer night. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about this. In the ninth inning, a fan attempted to steal Texas outfielder Jeff Burroughs' cap. <laughs> nice. Uh, confronting the fan, Burroughs tripped Texas manager Billy Martin at the oh. time, thinking that Burroughs had been attacked, charged onto the field, his players right behind him, some wielding bats, a large number of intoxicated fans, some armed with knives, chains, and portions of stadium seats they had torn apart, surged onto the field, and others hurled bottles from the stands. Uh, the bases were pulled up and stolen. Rioters threw a vast array of objects, including cups, rocks, bottles, batteries from radios, hot dogs, popcorn containers, and folding chairs. The umpire chief, uh, he couldn't restore order, so they forfeited the game. Uh, he later called the fans uncontrollable beasts and stated he'd never seen anything like that uh, except in a zoo. Wow. Ten-second beer. Ten-second. Ten-cent. Uh so here are, here are my questions based on that for you two. Have you ever seen anything similar? I know comedy clubs don't have 10-cent beer nights, but you've ever, do you have a r- ridiculous rowdiness story from a comedy club or anything that you've done? Yeah, um, I've been... I've been uh, two people have tried to fight me while I was on stage, or st- stood up and, and intended to. One time a club owner got between them, the other time the guy's wife got between them. Oh, and I did that, uh, yeah, I did, I mean, I feared for my life in uh, Missouri Valley, Iowa, me and John Conroy did that show, and it was like uh, some bikers from Philly were passing through, it was like this interstate, it turned out to be kind of white supremacist-ish, uh, we figured out, and we walked in the, I walked in the men's room, <laughs> just all the fixtures were ripped out of the wall, everything was just torn apart, and I was like, I walked out, and I was like, well, what happened? And the owner said, uh, oh, my nephew and his friends just got back from Iraq, and them boys love to fight, huh? I was like, oh, shit! <laughs> And uh, yeah, we got we got threatened, and uh, we like we like we left. We left. We hauled ass out of the club, and th- that was actually I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast, but that was the uh, that there was a plague of frogs on the town, and so the the ground was just boiling with frogs. When I drove in, they were bouncing off my car, and uh, my you know car in front of my car was smeared with blood from it. And uh, so the we we had to run across this field to this motel where we were staying, 
And you could tell it was like all pickup trucks and my Hyundai Elantra and John's Prius next to each other. So it's like, well, if anyone wants to murder us, they're pretty, pretty sure they know where to find us. Yeah. So we had to run across this field and these frogs. We're just stepping on frogs. They're just everywhere. Just tiny frogs, big frogs. I mean, I've never seen so many. They're, the ground was just seething. And uh, when we got back to the hotel, I opened my door and the frogs would rush toward the light. So at the end of the night, I just had to open the window and then use my notebook to bail the frogs and f- throw wow. frogs out the window. Holy crap. Yeah, that was all in one game. That's biblical, man. That is, I know. That's it biblical. Was, oh, it's it Misery Valley, Iowa. was the worst place I've ever been in my life. I'd never go wow. back there. There's no amount of money that would get me to go How back. many beers would you drink on 10 cent beer night? Uh, probably all that I could. 20, maybe. Probably 20. <laughs> Put $2 away. <laughs> I don't know. What about tip? What do you tip on a 10 cent beer? Well, do you tip the ball guy? Yeah. Do you tip beer on beer mm-hmm. at the ball? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I like baseball, so I never go to the stadium. Yeah, oh yeah, uh huh. I'm not a big beer drinker either. I like brown liquor. I like whiskey and bourbon. My my craziest thing is uh, I went to a green mill with a uh, with my friend Eric, and uh, we were already pretty drunk. Pat Keen was with us too. Oh yeah, love Patrick Keen was with us. He was. uh, He's done the podcast, right? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah we had, we yeah, had awesome. ran up a bar tab at Liquor Lyles of about $100. Wow, And it was so two for ones. It was two for ones. So we had $100 worth of two for ones, basically. And then we make our way over to Green Mill. And I, being the uh, the dishwasher I am, stumble into the kitchen. Uh, like, I went into the kitchen because my friend had to puke. So he went into the kitchen first, and he threw up in their sink. Like, in their <laughs> sanitizing sink. And I grab a whole thing of silverware, and I, I said something like, I'm going to roll silverware because I do this at Perkins, and I drop all of the silverware. <laughs> and then we we go out through the double doors. The manager's right there, and I was like, you're going to yell at us now, huh? And he's like, well, and I was like, then go fuck yourself. <laughs> and so I sat down at this booth and like sexually harassed this girl for a little while, and then we had to leave once the cops got there. Cause they called the cops on you? Yeah, because we were like, well, we can't get Patrick Keene arrested, so let's just <laughs> let's just boogie. <laughs> wow. Let's boogie. Yeah. And then I remember my friend carried me into Earl Elliott's apartment, and Earl Elliott's ex was passed out on the floor, so I kind of passed out by her. And uh, yeah, I slept on the floor, and it was a magical evening. I was involved in a big stadium brawl um, when I was a kid. Uh, Me and my best friends were really into hockey, and my parents agreed to drive us to St. Louis to see a hockey game, uh, Mm Blues-Blackhawks, which is a real intense rivalry. uh, And... uh, they were they were we were really young. My mom was all nervous about leaving us, and she, they went off to Union Station. There at this bar uh, and grill, like having dinner and you know having mm-hmm. a drink and waiting to pick us up. And uh, in the third period, like the entire section we were in erupted into this like the most. I mean, it was every single person but us was fighting. And some people would start to fight. They would like go to fight us, and they'd be like, ah, "Okay, they're kids." <laughs> but like I saw uh, one guy hold another guy down, pour beer into his eyes. Uh, one lady, <laughs> punched, this little old usher, was like trying to like stop this lady, and she punched him in the nose. And he, this old guy, just rolled down the stairs. And they had to send this whole like squadron of cops, and they're pulling all these people out. And I guess my, I guess my parents were at the thing watching the thing, like, watching the hockey game on the TV. And they're like, "Oh, I hope they're safe." And they look up, and there's this massive brawl. <laughs> and they just see me and my two <laughs> six year, sixth grade friends sitting there in the middle of it, just looking around, like, "Oh, I hope we don't die." <laughs> <laughs> And then we were the only people left in the section, so then we had this whole section to ourselves for the nice. third period. I bet was mom waiting outside for you when the game was over? Yes. Yeah. She was ready to take us out of there. Yeah, I bet. But we weren't leaving until it was over. Hell no. That was fun. Fellas, thank you. Yeah. Anything thank else that you, you should buddy. cover? Uh, no. 
What do you come think? To come, to come to Acme. Come to Acme. This all this week. Come, come to, to House. Week, of... No matter what. Don't come there. Come don't to Acme. There. Come to Acme. Don't go there. Don't go, go to Acme. Don't go there. Uh, I didn't say the full or thing. whatever week you're listening to this. That's what I would say. But come this week. Um, I mean, because Swartzen sold out, but Sean Patton's here this weekend. Sean Patton Sean is Patton a powerhouse. He's so funny. One of my favorites. Yeah. He's and a great dude. Talk mm-hmm. about a guy with crazy stories. Yeah. Holy I know. Smokes. Him and Pat Dixon have the craziest stories of anybody yes. I've ever met. Yes. If, well, you're, if you're listening to this podcast with these two fellows and you haven't listened to the Patton, uh, Patton, Sean Patton episodes, unbelievably funny. Fan, yeah. Amazing stories. The first episode he's on is one of the best we've ever done because his stories are... He's, he's nuts. He's Historic. great. Historically incredible. Yeah. And you'll, you'll, you can see Lester too, I guess. <laughs> what I meant to say was come to my house. Also, um, uh, Trevor Anderson is going to be here, so that'll give you a nice long time to get a pee and get a beer. <laughs> get your fix with me, take no, a, then Trevor's take a break, and then come on in for Sean Pet. Guys, thank you. Uh, Mike, first time wasn't so bad, first, right? First time, pr- hopefully, of a few more. Well, I, th- I think so. I th- I th- I'd say we got at least two left. <laughs> You got at least two more in you? Yeah, thank you so much, buddy. Yeah, it was fun. Thank really you. appreciate uh, it. I'll go back to moving. Yes, perfect. One last, if you want to give out, give out your uh, Twitter. Oh, thing. yeah. I am trying to get more Twitter followers than my niece so far, so bad. Um, at B Miller Comedy, B-M-I-L-L-E-R Comedy. <laughs> Mine is at Mike Lester Humor. Uh, it's a tumor with an H. Boom. Right? I had to sneak that one in there. <laughs> but yeah, at Mike Lester Humor. Does that mean he gets the last laugh? Well, okay? I didn't get one, so I, I was counting. Say, yeah, <laughs> there it let is. Let him get his visit. Let him there get his first is. one first. Before <laughs> what are you, Nate Abshire? I'm just talking shit about you. Yeah. Trevor got caught up in it because I didn't say enough mean stuff about Nate. He caught yeah. a stray. Poor Trevor. He's the nicest guy ever. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs>